Welcome to the Time with Teresa Around the World TV radio podcast, where she has the honor to interview celebrities, talents, and Christian leaders across the globe. Each week, Teresa shares inspiring broadcasts that is sure to warm your heart and encourage your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome your host, Teresa Westbrook. Welcome to the program. We're so glad that you have tuned in. We have a very exciting show for you today. My guest, Donna McCauley, is a historian and has a long history of metal detecting, which has led her to some very exciting media opportunities. I want you to help me welcome my guest, Donna McCauley, to the program. Welcome, Donna. Hi, hi everybody. Hi, Teresa. How are you? I'm doing okay. We're so glad to have you and uh, talk about all the exciting things that's going on in your life. Uh, but to begin with, let's talk about this history of metal detecting and this love of metal detecting that you have that has led into the opportunity of being a historian and led into an opportunity of working with media. So let's start with the metal detecting right now. Well, you know, my father loved to mentally detect, and I would go out with him and mentally detect a lot when we, you know, when we were kids, our whole family did, but I always just got into it, so I bought me a mentally detector when I got, like, in my early 20s, and then I used that for years and found artifacts, mostly coins or just iron pieces, and then I bought me a new one at Apex, and it's supposed to help find good relics, and it's not really expensive. But to me, it was easier to use, and I could find a lot better stuff. Anyway, so I uh, would put it on YouTube, and, and my historian uh, committees would say, oh, well, she's mentally detecting, and they started getting involved. And then I started getting calls, hey, uh, can you come to my house, you know, to mentally detect, to help, let's find some coins or whatever, which I did, and I did give them everything I find at their homes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. So, um, so then this led you into becoming a historian. So tell our viewers what a historian is and what that's all about. Well, a historian is, um, you know, you write books about history. Um, I'm in a process of trying to get a couple done, but sometimes it just, I got so much on my plate that it probably take five years for me to do one. And then I have a historian where you would you know, research homes, buildings, just the past is really what a historian is on history research. Okay, and uh, so you're you're actively involved in all this and with some other organizations too, I believe, correct? Uh, yes, I'm with the Parker County Heritage Commissions, I'm with Parker County Heritage Society, and with the Parker County Geology in Society, which we do family trees on that one. The others, we try to save old buildings, uh, you know, just history. We save history. That's really what we're trying to do. Oh, that's great. That's great because history is important. You know, mm -hmm. today people are trying to erase our history, trying to erase it when what we're supposed to be doing is learning from it. Correct. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you're trying to save history and, and we have no control whether it was good or whether it was bad. All we can control is can we learn from it and can we do better? Amen on that. 
<laughs> so, uh, um, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, what county do you live in over there? Oh, I'm in Parker County, uh, and I'm over, well, not just me, but the other historians, you know, with our group is all over Parker County. I do ease into Palapino County some, and then into Denton County, Wise County a little bit, because they're, you know, connected. So we might kind of go over a little bit. So we really, you know, with the, uh, in Austin, we're all supposed to kind of help each other. Uh, the one we do markers, you know, the, the markers you see out on the interstates or rural roads, those big black looking markers in Texas, we do those only in Parker County, subject markers or, you know, mm -hmm. tell a story about it, mm -hmm. something that history that happened there. We do do those markers. Anybody could do those. So if you have an old home and you want a story done on it, uh, of course, we have to make sure it's proof about it. And then the person that owns that old home or building could pay for it. They're around $2,300 and they could put one in their area. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Well, tell us what's been your greatest find on your metal detecting adventures. Well, it was a lot of good stuff. Um, I guess my most exciting find was when I was out on the Brazos River and we found a cowboy camp. And I guess it was a cowboy camp because we found a shovel that went on the horse saddle. Uh, we found a pocket knife. Uh, we found other artifacts. And the reason why I know that had been because I took it to the weather for college and they did forensics on it and it dated back to the mid-1800s. I don't know how they could tell, but they got a comment that, that knows all that. And uh, I found a lot of artifacts like that. Uh, oh, and then I, I found a Morgan uh, Silver Dollar. I think it was 1878. I was excited on that one. It was 78 or 79 in the 1800s. I, was, I really enjoyed that one because, you know, those are hard to find. I figured in my area, probably a cowboy was coming by, dropped it out of his pocket. And, you know, to then back then, that was probably like bucks. To then, you know, today, um, it was in good condition. It's got a little black on it because of the black dirt, I guess, sitting there for over 100 years. <laughs> and then um, I found Mercury Dimes, Civil War coins. Those are interesting from the 1800, you know, 1860s. I found one. I, I still try to learn on that one. I think it was like 1838, I think that one coin was. And I'm still going to get, I guess, take it to a coin dealer to see kind of what that's, because it's kind of odd. You know, maybe it's something from Spaniard. I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was a recent one. Yeah, so uh, it's exciting. It's exciting, an exciting hobby that's really led to some wonderful opportunities for you. But not only that, uh, metal detecting has gets you up and out of the house and exercising, right? Oh, it sure does. You know, on uh, YouTube, and then, of course, of course, I put a Facebook on my metal detecting over in Parker County, and I might go in down in this creek where the soldiers used to hang out back in the 1860s, and then people would see it, my older friends, there's some that's 80 years old, they'd go metal detecting with me, and they just enjoy it because they said if it wasn't for that, they'd be sitting on their couch doing nothing. Because you got to remember, some people, uh, you know, they lost their loved ones, and they had to have something to do. And they'll call me, let's go metal detect if they're feeling good. And that's what we'll go do is metal detect. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's a great group to have. I would be interested if someone was doing it around here just to, to be able to have that exercise. I do want to say to the viewers, we're having a little bit of issues on your side, Donna, with the recording. Um, it's, it's kind of freezing you up a little bit, and I hope all this comes out and everybody can hear every word that you're saying, but we're recording today with uh, the weather, the winter weather that's so severe right now, but we were really hoping to go ahead and get this program done. So we apologize to the viewers if it's not as crisp and you're not catching every word, but we're, we're certainly hoping that you are. So um, you also have a YouTube channel uh, that talks about all about your metal detecting, correct? Tell the viewers about that. Yeah, um, well, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, my mind went to a blank. It's Donna McCauley. It's Donna McCauley, Metal Detecting Digging History. And that's the name of it. Donna McCauley, Metal Detecting Digging History. And they could go there and see some of the stuff I've been doing, uh, finding, in fact, uh, that Silver Dollar, uh, Morgan Silver Dollar from 1878 or 77, because it's been a while, it's on there, and, and you can see me as I find it, and I'm showing it hit a 99 on my metal detector, so when it hits 99, that is silver. You better be digging, because <laughs> that's something good for that 99. <laughs> they can see a lot of the stuff I've done. Uh -huh. Oh, that's, that's exciting, and I like that, digging history. <laughs> You know, I know that means digging, but you know, like uh, people when they like something, they say, I'm digging that. So it could go both ways. Digging history. You you like history and then you act, actually are digging yeah. into history. <laughs> so I like that. I love that title, uh, Donna. Maybe some more exciting things will come just from that even. Uh, but and now I want to talk about uh, your historian, which has led you to being a, an important part of bringing 12 mighty orphans to the area to be filmed. So tell our viewers more about that. Uh, well, we got approached one time with a couple of producers. So me and my other friend, Deborah, we went and talked to them. And we had, because uh, I was on with the filming commissions here in Weatherford, and we ended up getting them to do a lot of filming over at the Pythium home here in Weatherford. And that was great because, you know, they donate a lot of money to the Pythium home. And believe me, they could use that, you know, for the children. And uh, so we got them to do that. And then I was involved in that. And of course, you know, other people was too. I helped them find like a barn, a house, an old house, uh, you know, scouting. And... Um, and that's why I have got on the end credits on the movie, uh, a special, you know, thank you. In fact, I was above our Fort Worth mayor. So I thought, oh, <laughs> I was mad about that. It's, but I didn't even know my name was going to be on there. It was my grandchildren. I took them to see the movie because it is kid friendly. Uh, um, you know, it's no like, adult friendly it's kid friendly and uh that's when we was watching the end and they said oh Mima, there's your name on there and I didn't know my name was going to be on there but I could have you know played in the scene for three weeks but I choose not to because of the weather it was so cold these people was filming in the cold rain but you know it's fun you know to do 
Mm -hmm. Well, and some, I love family-friendly entertainment and faith-based entertainment. So anytime I hear of a good family-friendly uh, movie or faith-based movie, I always share that with the viewers. So that's 12 Mighty Orphans. Now, who was the stars in that? Well, that was Luke Wilson, Martin Sheen. He was so funny, Martin Sheen. They had stand-in devils. So I did get my picture took with them. I got to watch them, you know, uh, produce it, how they were putting the clips together, editing. That was really neat uh, to watch a, a big movie being done like that. So I was lucky I got to do that. Um, there was other, you know, uh, there was Robert Duvall, uh, you know, just different people. But, um, you know, it, it was just very interesting. I took pictures with the doubles because uh, they didn't, you remember, to, just started, I think, with COVID started, and they didn't want people just, like, gathering around. There was a lot of rules at that time. Uh, That's I took interesting. A Tell us. And I come up to his waist. He was so tall. These were some big boys. Who was that? You know, the, the football players. Yeah. They were huge. But, yeah, they could go, uh, they might know, well, it was on my Facebook page. I posted that stuff, so. Well, that's, yeah, it that's interesting uh, to a big movie production during COVID and the extra challenges that it presents and the precautions that have to be taken. But that should have brought a, a lot of opportunity to local uh, actors and extras uh, right out there. Uh, where was it filmed at? Uh, it was in Weatherford. They did do it in Fort Worth, too. Oh, yes. I was going around like when I went up to the grocery store, I'll see a boy in that, you know, that age group. And I would say, hey, call this person and try to get on this movie. I was out there helping, you know, to promote too, you know, to get some some actors. They did get some regulars and they end up going to other movies now. Oh, yeah. there's always opportunities. Yes. Yes. And it's growing, isn't it? The, the media outlet is growing in that county and in that area. And I'm so thankful. Uh, we want more great family-friendly entertainment, faith-based entertainment. We want more entertainment coming to Texas. You know, it's always been in California. You know, a lot of it's been in California and we want it over here in Texas. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear it's growing right here in our area. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, tell us now, There, uh, this has all led to a wonderful opportunity for you to be on a, uh, a show called Beyond Oak Island, which is aired on the History Channel, and it's a well-known program. So we want to hear about how that came to be. Well, um, now, my real good friend has YouTube. They saw a, you, her on YouTube, and she called me. She says, Donnie, you know anywhere that we might could go in uh, Melly Tech and try to find something? I said, well, I've been researching Sam Bass for years. I found two of his hideouts, uh, and I think that would be really good because they've never Melly Tech you know, over there before. So that's when a producer called me, and then we that went on for six months back and forth before they actually come down and started filming. I'm gonna tell you, it was it was it was awesome. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, so, um, without giving anything away or saying anything we shouldn't say, tell us about some of the challenges and give us some more behind the scenes insight 
uh, of the many hours and everything that goes into a production of that type? Well, you know, while we was filming, it was 117 degrees. It was hot. But let me tell you, they took care of us. They would bring us these rags with ice on it and put it around our necks, you know, when they weren't filming, putting us into the camera car to keep us cool. They went beyond Call of Duty to take care of their cast because it was three of us. It was Maddie Blake, Gypsy Jewel, and me in, in this show, uh, Beyond Oak Island, Season 2, Episode 3, The Loot of Sand Bass. Okay, so that was the one I was in. And then, uh, you know, we would have to climb mountains. Uh, we'd have to watch out for snakes. We'd have to watch out for mountain lions over, over at Springtown because the owner of that land said, I just spotted a mountain lion the day before we went out there to film. So I was like, you know, trying to melee tech and watch out for mountain lions, watch out for snakes. <laughs> but they were watching, the, the, the camera people were watching and they had a guy there watching all the time, you know, just in case something happened. They protected us. You know, it, it was kind of tough in some times because of the heat. We went for that heat. But, you know, let me tell you, I don't care if it was 130 degrees. I had a ball. It was so much fun. <laughs> uh, I'd do it again, uh -huh. you know. It's just not real easy. But I would do it again because it was so much fun. And I was hoping that I could find the go coins of this. And I, I'd do anything, I guess, to find it. <laughs> yeah. How, how exciting would that have been if y'all actually found beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was there. <laughs> oh, we would have hit the world news. We'd been on all them little talk shows on the morning shows. We would have been everywhere, <laughs> me and Gypsy, if that happened. <laughs> and you know, it's because we're going back. It's, you know, we're waiting because, of course, you know, it's got ice and snow right now. And we had to wait. We're going to wait a couple of weeks. We're going back in those areas to go melee tech some more. And to get back in there, because we had to kind of cliffhang it off at the end, because we have to go back with some equipment, uh, get down in that cave to find out, because we did have a big hit, like there was something big there. So we're hoping, you know, that it might be like in season three, you know, uh, they're still, because they're pretty well done with season two, but they're still showing some more right now. But uh, there was a lot of, it was fun. Just like Gypsy, when she, we, op Maddie opened that, um, it was a door to keep the cows from falling down in there because that's where the cave type deal was because it is pretty steep and, and uh, it smelled really bad. But Gypsy, she'll do anything. She jumps in there and that's when me and Maddie noticed thousands of, there could have probably been a million spiders on that side of the wall. She didn't see it because it was kind of dark a little bit. But she had a light, you know, on the head to, to look where she was doing that. And there's water down in there. No telling what could be down in the water, too, because right. it wasn't that clear. Mm -hmm. And and then we're like, me and me says, of course, she couldn't hear us on camera because they, they were filming, you know, Gypsy. And we're looking at, because they cut, they have these mics on you and they'll cut the mics off. You know, if they're, you know, when you're filming, if you're not talking, they cut your mic off. Well, I told Matt, we looked at each other. Okay, I'm in spiders. He says, don't say nothing. Wait till she's through. So as soon as she was done, she was coming out because Maddie was helping her out. 
And I says, don't look at those, don't look to your, don't look to your left. And she did. And oh man, she was out like flash. Oh, there was millions of spiders. There were those crawdaddy, or what do you call them? Long, long looking uh, spiders. Granddaddies, <laughs> long legged yeah. granddaddies or something like that. <laughs> I don't think they're dangerous, but it was just a thought. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did spot a uh, 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 copperhead. Maddie did up there. He's smack, he's yelling, snake. So, you know, but you know, that was, those cameramen, I felt sorry for them because they had to carry 75 pounds. Those cameras were 75 pounds going up those mountains. And yeah. it was, you know, being at my age, I thought, uh, I was really surprised that I did it. Uh, I mean, I thank God for my health. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, um, I know you're a woman of faith. And so do you ever pray about finding some of those treasures or pray and say, Lord, lead me to where we need to be? <laughs> I was just saying, oh, Lord, if you want me to find it, let me find it. If you don't want me to find it, then, then I'm okay with it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, we were fine. And I know we're real close to finding a lot of those gold coins. And when we do, it's, it's, I don't know, you know, it's like you really want to find it because it, it gets like government will step in and, you know, it, it could get a little itchy sometimes. So, you know, you just got to be careful uh, and do everything by the law and you'll be all right. Um, but, you know, my, my favorite part of the show is when we went to Texas, uh, to the over in Waco, is the uh, Texas Ranger Museum, we got to go in the vault. They had thousands of guns. These are old guns, you know, all the way dated to the 1700s. And he goes in, okay, we go into this big vault. Then he go in, opened up another little vault and pulls out a $20 gold coin. That was Sam Bass's. I, well, of course, I had to wear a glove, but I got to hold it. I got to hold it before the other groups, you know, because he's like, well, I think we'll let Donna hold this. And I was so excited about it. But, uh, Man, I'd love to find one of those. Just one I'd love to find. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Well, I, I watched the episode that you were on, and, and I thought it was so great. I, I believe you said, we're going to find something. I believe we're going to find something. I thought, now that is her faith talking. <laughs> that is her faith talking. Uh, so uh, it's so exciting. And so uh, without giving too much away on the behind the scenes, we had talked about the spiders and, and the smell and, and how you had to keep on filming, even though it was a little bit hard to, you wanted to yeah. hold your nose, basically, <laughs> during that time. <laughs> so, yeah. and then the, the well, you were telling me about the well being, tell me more about the house that they built they built a fireplace over the well, the well that y'all actually went in, looking in. And tell us about why that happened. Why, why was a fireplace built over the well? Tell us the little history about that. Oh, okay. Uh, so we was at uh, East Mountain. Below East Mountain in Mineral Wells, Texas, there's a, uh, 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 well, first it started with a, uh, I guess you would call it a cabin from 1860. And then in 1877, 78, Judge Lynch that come from Denton, Texas, brought his family to Mineral Wells. And there's lots of pictures of him on a donkey holding a, a water jug. Uh, he called it the crazy water. 
And um, so he ordered everybody to cover their wells up. Well, a lot of them did throw rocks and sand and everything down near their wells because, you know, they're going by. Uh, and you know, I don't even think he really was a judge. They just named him that, Judge Lynch. That was just his name. So these people that had that house, they built uh, like a room, added onto their house like a room, and still drank out of that well. And then later when they sold the house over time, that's when they put a fireplace over it. But the fireplace wasn't real. It was fake. And that's when the owners started doing digging, and I went over and helped them. And that's when we actually found the well that it had that rock went on in a circle, you know, and it stepped down all the way down. Because when we was digging, we started getting water, like clumpy water, moist, and we quit digging because, you know, it was a well. Uh, we, we looked at each other, are we gonna flood this house? What's gonna happen? So you have to still be careful with that stuff, but we are gonna go back and dig that. But Judge Lynch had ordered it because he wanted to keep all the, I guess, water rights you know, because he was selling it. People from all over the world was coming down there thinking they could get healed because it had so much alkaline in that water and it made you feel good at the time. But after a day or two, you were sick again. And there was a woman, I didn't quite understand that story all the way, but you could go on and research it at Crazy Water, you know, hotel and probably tell a story, how a woman come down and she drank that water she was crazy, and then she was not crazy no more. But when she was done, but she lived there, so she drank it all the time, so therefore she probably was okay. You know, people went in for all kinds of, you know, rheumatism or whatever, but people that left there and did not take that water, keep drinking, ended up either dying or they were in pain again. This is what I read in the old newspapers. And I have tried that straight alkaline water. It's awful tasting. You could go to this day down there and drink it from that crazy water uh, building. Hmm. Wow, that is interesting. Uh, so there's there's a lot of history. Now you have a passion for history, enjoying history, but there's a, a lot of time and research that's involved in all that, correct? Hmm. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, I do a lot. I mean, you know, looking at these old newspapers, you have to pay for that. It's nothing's free. And, you know, ancestry is not free. You got to pay a month, uh, yearly or monthly dues. But I love history. And, and I don't get paid for any of this stuff, you know, that I do. Well, yeah, if you're on a, like a TV show, you get paid. But me out researching people's homes and out doing this and that, you know, I don't get paid. I'm using my money to do it. But I get paid because seeing that smile on those owners' face that, I told him, this is, he used to live here. This is how old your house is. Hey, look, I found an old coin, you know, from the 1800s. And, and a lot of times they'll say, here, let, let me just give it a chance. No, this is yours, you know, and, and they, they keep it. But that's what makes, that's my pay is they say thank you and they got a big smile on their face. That is my pay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so good to have a passion and enjoy what you're doing, but it's going to be leading to other things as well and other opportunities. I don't know if you can share any future opportunities that may be on the horizon, but is there anything oh, you want to yeah. share with the viewers? Yeah, uh, there's another movie, a couple movies coming out, but I can't mention. Uh, of course, I imagine, you know, we'll do, be doing some more Oak Island adventures, me and Gypsy Jewel. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Yellowstone's been down here in 18... 
but not Yellowstone, but it's a spinoff of Yellowstone, 1883, that did a lot of things down here. And the producer lives here in Weatherford now. So he's probably going to be doing a lot of, you know, they moved out and it's a lot of producers are starting to move down this way, you know, in this area, but they pick Parker County. So we're going to be probably like Hollywood eventually. That's what, but I don't want it to be that drastic, you know, but. <laughs> right, right. We don't want everything coming from Hollywood, do we? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of opportunities for people. Mm-hmm. Opportunities, yes. Oh, well, we can't wait to have you again on the program, Donna, uh, in the future as your uh, career progresses and you get into more exciting opportunities. We hope you'll come back and share with our viewers more with us. But we're, we certainly appreciate you coming today, and we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thanks for joining us. For more information about the Time with Teresa Around the World TV radio podcast or for guest sponsorship consideration, please contact us at TeresaWestbrook.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Program airs every Tuesday and Friday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on HisRoyalGuidanceRadio.com. Oh no, what do you do when life breaks you into a million pieces? How do you cope? How do you recover? Is there anyone that can put all the pieces back together again? Yes, friends, there is. Once in the hands of Christ, brokenness can be redeemed and repurposed. Hi, I'm Teresa Westbrook, author of Shattered, God Heals Broken Hearts. Throughout the years, it's been my great honor and delight to interview many champions of the faith on my television program, Time with Teresa. Their stories of surviving some of life's greatest tragedies has been compiled in this new ministry resource book that offers encouragement, wisdom, hope, healing, and so much more. You'll read their compelling stories about forgiveness, survival, rekindled hope, overcoming, and of course, lots of victories. I hope you'll pick up your copy of Shattered, God Heals Broken Hearts. Special thanks to all who were involved in the making of Shattered, God Heals Broken Hearts. God bless you.